Welcome to Press Play with Sammy P and Kyla T. Ah, that's a nice wave today, Sammy P. <laughs> okay, today is a really, I think, exciting topic. We're going to be chatting about the disempowerment of the energy of blame. So I was thinking about like the emotional scale today and all of these different spectrums and I'll paste it in for our Facebook group as well to have a look at because our energy is contagious. Our mood is contagious. Quite often we suppress our feelings and emotions and instead go around and around and around and try and think out or talk out our feelings and emotions as opposed to going in and being radically self-accountable for them and making choices from a place that is right in terms of the feelings inside of us. And I was thinking about it in terms of how many different places it can show up. Like when my ex and I separated, he came home from work one day and he's like, it's so interesting. And we're having a discussion about it all. He's like, everyone wants someone to blame. He said, like people said to him, she must have cheated on you. She must have done something. And like everyone was always asking me, well, like, what did he do? And for both of us, it was like, well, neither of us had done anything. But it was such a weird concept for people to try and understand because they wanted somebody to blame, which I think then gives some sense of control or make sense of things when there was no one to blame. And we had really big conversations about it at the time because I was like, isn't it so weird? Like how freeing it feels that there, there is no blame in what we're going through right now. We both came into a place of love and acceptance. And looking out into the world right now, there is a lot of blame. And it might even be internal blame. Like I find people might blame themselves for past situations as opposed to reprogramming them. And what did you discover? What did you learn? Or wanting to just go outside and blame everybody, anybody else, even these institutional structures that are in place, which having a bit of a vent has a completely valid space. But if you stay in that, you become disempowered and controlled by something that's outside of you. Mm. What are your thoughts on this today, Sammy? Oh, great. As always, I'm always on the edge of my seat finding out what we're talking about as you introduce it. You did tell me it was juicy. Um, yeah, it, and it's massive, isn't it? I think, I think you really nailed it. Like people want to try and make sense of what's going on. Yep. And if you see it from that, that you can kind of make that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally. <laughs> but then it's also like um, I've, I've seems to be the cycles, you know, taking mm -hmm. a snapshot in a period of time that may look good or bad or indifferent, but it's the cycle. Yep. If you step back from it and have a bigger picture look at it, the cycle actually makes sense. Yep. And you have a coaching client before this, I have a coaching client before this, and, and we're having this conversation and just be careful how I say this. The shit's hit the fan. Yep. Um, things, lots of things to shift and change and blame and all sorts yep. of stuff. But in the context of it all, rather than trying to make sense, well, making sense of it was actually seeing the bigger picture and it was like, okay, well, we've been working on, been working on this thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you've been doing all this other stuff, which is about safety, security, you acknowledge as part of your ego, all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, 
hi, I'm the universe. You said you wanted this. What challenge? <laughs> what challenge? <laughs> yep. Lesson, learning, gift. Mm-hmm. The gift is usually looks like a challenge because yep. it throws the ego out because mm-hmm. you've got to chuck it aside for a bit. Yep. What, what am I going to present to you? Mm-hmm. Insert shit stuff. Yep. But if you see it for what it is and the, and the client was very quick to shift when I asked the right questions to go, yeah. oh, yeah, okay, there's re-evaluation, there's an awakening, I'm reassessing this, I'm looking at that. And a whole, yeah, it's not a great feeling, yep. but the process of it is beneficial to where you want to go. I think that's the thing. That's why we be careful with our intentions, right? Because the way it shows up in your life, you have no idea. And to your point, it can look shit. Uh, what does Denise say? Um, gifts, uh, gifts from the universe can come in strange wrapping. <laughs> <laughs> can come wrapped in a turd. In a turd even. <laughs> and we think about that, right? And what happens is the more we just stay in the blame or this or, or making something wrong, we take away from the sense of what can I do about this in this moment in time? To your point, what could be some moments of re-evaluation, of self-discovery in this? And I also want to preface right at the beginning there is nothing that we're talking about that's saying blame is bad and don't feel blame. It's a normal, natural human emotion. But notice how long you stay in it for because mm. if we go to the fact that it takes 60 to 90 seconds for an emotion to move through our body, like that energy and motion, do you allow it to be there for 60 to 90 seconds, maybe a good three-minute like rant about it or something, or is it consuming your whole every day at this moment in time? Oh, what's that? I'm gonna butt here. My bastardized quote. I was thinking, like, what's that one? You um, it's like the snake bite. It's not the bite that kills you. It's the venom afterwards. Yeah. yeah. And there's another way of saying it as well. But it's the same kind of thing. Are we going to stay in blame? And I think that's where that's why being very careful about with grab life by the balls mm-hmm. is like people can bring all their baggage. Yep. And usually they're carrying part of that is is blame. Yep. Because then they can justify why they are where they are. Yep. And then in some elements, I feel like that's part of the con- the mental health conversation is like, oh, well, let's just talk about it. Mm. But then that's not, you can keep people in that same loop. Yep. And I find that quite challenging sometimes, yep. but like what you said, move through it, you know, and then okay. I was listening to um, Becoming Supernatural again by yep. Joe Dispenza. And he talked about a guy that started, you know, he was high up in this um, educational institution. Everyone loved him. He'd been there for a while. He started, as Joe Dispenza calls, doing the work, manifest, like wanting to move towards something new, meditating, going into the unknown, all this sort of stuff. Yep. And then he got the sack. Mm, Yep. But then that opened up opportunities. He got a different job, which then he got more skills and qualification. and, Mm -hmm. And then that institution that he got sacked from actually wanted him at a higher level. Yeah. But it wouldn't have happened. It didn't happen the way that he wanted to. No. And <laughs> that was in- shit for a period of time. Yeah. <laughs> and then you question everything. Like you question, well, is there a universe? Does the universe really have my back? Is God, is obviously other people's language. Like how could this happen to me instead of that? How is this potentially happening for me in this moment? And it's so mm. funny because I think about as as we're talking about this, about it would be about two years ago now 
um, my best friend and I were talking about how we just wanted some time and space. And I said to him, I would just love to be in a house by the beach to write my book. <laughs> Look at what I've, I've actually got at this moment in time. And it's not that I have been like, oh, poor me very much. But there's been moments of like, well, this wasn't my intention for this house. But what's happened is I've gotten distracted by a whole lot of other things instead of going, oh, this is actually what I asked for. I just wanted it in Costa Rica. That was why I had dream a while ago. <laughs> but what happens is staying in blame keeps us in victim, prevents empowerment. And also what I see then happens, especially say it's in relationship with somebody else, even if it's a business relationship, even if it's a personal relationship, People then go, well, here you go. I'll take ownership for my piece that I think is 10%, but 90% is you. As opposed to, well, what if we all came together? If there is a situation where things um, didn't go the way that it was planned, but we all take 100% accountability for our parts, as opposed to, well, I'll take um, accountability for mine once you take accountability for yours, or that not that at all a level of awareness that's just like wishing the world and everyone around you was different but it keeps us feeling really powerless to change or seeing the gifts the miracles or uh what is present in that moment mm. well and i think some of the social constructs and the structures that we have in place in western society are, um you know you are looking for someone to blame yep as well like that's reinforced in different ways you know and people are shifting away from that but there's still you know still proceedings that happen that you know it's it's right or wrong it's black and white when we're and we're finding out that it's not necessarily the case yeah and you know look at look at you know people could label the last couple of years quite shit yeah but there's also been a lot of opportunities a lot of amazing things happened you know like looking at um different people that i think we all probably took our democratic um rights yep almost as a burden sometimes in Australia, mm -hmm. but yep. it's starting, people are starting to um, use them a bit more and actually wake up to the fact of what they've got or what they've had and, yep. and standing up for different things and doing different things that wouldn't have happened without mm. a shit storm. You know, and becoming it, more educated. I think yeah. becoming then more educated on that as mm. opposed to just blind trust. Yeah. Or questioning things, you know, like, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. living in a caravan that was all because of questioning so well, yeah. what the fuck are we doing <laughs> why are we doing it no, i didn't have a good answer so yeah. let's do something different i think it's a really good point that you make which is part of where you're at in the emotional scale can become prevalent when you look at the questions you're asking yourself in soul coaching we talk about asking noble questions so those noble questions instead of like why is this happening to me you go into that position of, well, yeah, what opportunities could come from this? Uh, where, how could I grow? How could I learn? How could I develop? What could I imagine could come next through this? And so what happens is you're then also tuning your reticular activating system into what it is that you're wanting to head towards as opposed to feeling like everything's outside of your control and nothing that you do is going to make any difference. Yeah, I think people are sort of, some people are pretty good at going, oh, okay, what's the lesson of that? And I still feel like that's a bit of a heavier vibration than going, okay, that's a good place to start, but what's the actual gift? Like, why Why is this happening for you? Yeah. You know? And that when shit stuff hits the fan, you know, it's, it's not an easy thing to do. But, you know, moving forward and where you want to go, is it beneficial to look at it that way? Mm. Most likely. 
And then that's yep. the other thing is, is I suppose if we're evolving mm-hmm. and moving forward constantly, life is just that is a continual journey. Like, yeah, we celebrate some of the destinations. Yeah. But we also, to evolve, we also need to shed. Mm. And these situations, the shit stuff usually allows us to shed some part of our, you know, people call it an ego death. You know, we've got to look yep. at things differently. And if, again, going back to our last couple of weeks, I've been jumping up and down about it a bit. You know, if the, the thing that you're working towards, your intention, your purpose, um, your big, hairy, audacious goal, whatever it is for you, and that's big enough, you're going to start looking for solutions mm. to whatever comes up. Yep. And you start to again get a bit more adaptable and flexible about, you know, well, I thought it was going to be this path. Well, it's not going to be that path. There's always mm. going to be the X. There's going to be something that you don't know about that's going to make that path a little bit longer. It's going to be a little bit more challenging. You're going to have to find a solution. Yeah. But the solution is opportunity to grow mm. and to move forward and to shed the old stuff that's holding you back for the new person that you would like to become on the journey. Totally. And when I was walking the other day, I was thinking about like the platform of social media and what it encourages people to celebrate. And I don't want to take away from how important celebrating those types of things are. New career, earning a certain amount of money, maybe a new car, a baby, a wedding, an engagement, like all of those things are beautiful. I saw your guys' wedding photos today and I started crying. I was looking at like the evolution of you two and oh, it was so beautiful. And that's like their celebrations to have, right? But also I was thinking like, well, when do we celebrate like on these platforms, someone getting through the toughest time of their life, like actually celebrating that someone that's had prolonged depression, got out of bed today and did something differently. Like these are actually the truth of what's at the core of us as humans of like, how do we actually celebrate who people are being through these experiences with this knowing that we all have a choice every single day of what emotion or mood or attitude we bring into our environment. Yet very rarely do you see celebrations of like how joyous somebody was on a really tough day for everybody around them or moving through, like you say, a shitstorm and actually like being in that place. And I think when you have keynote speaking and things like that, often it gets celebrated in terms of people's transition through it. But just like everyday humans celebrating, I've been at the um, this kind of point of the year with workshops for any that I'm doing. They're all on celebration around, you've made it through the last two years. And mm-hmm. like, let's celebrate that because I had a client recently who he's had suicide ideation nearly every couple of days right so that he's still here is a celebration that he's choosing to be here but people see that as shame right we see mental health challenges having depression any of these things that there's some shame to it as opposed to like celebrating that people are making it through really tough times right now And I think that when we, that's where that internal blame goes on. Like I shouldn't be feeling this. I shouldn't be having this experience. But to your point, for many people, and this isn't always the case, but sometimes that death of an ego does bring up suicide ideation for people because there's a part literally dying inside. uh, But there's so much shame connected to some of these um, areas that we talk about in mental health that it's not celebrated like celebrating a separation 
and being like, wow, like let's celebrate that that relationship was beautiful or like all of these things that we have. I think we have some shame connected to them as opposed to celebrating who people are being moving through it. Yeah. And I think that comes back to conditioning as well. Like we're not conditioned yep. with there's, you know, to make sense of it or to make it, what am I trying to say? Like you, there's a certain way that you should respond to certain things. Yeah. According, but in different cultures, there's different ways of celebrating death, mm, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that sort of thing. There's a, yep. there's big, you know, so what, what's actually right for us? Yeah. What do we need to do? Rather mm. than, you know, I feel like social constructs are changing and everything's shifting quite rapidly at the moment. Yeah. Um, how is it that you want to do it? Like even looking back and I'm like, I wonder if we had, like it was our anniversary yesterday at the time of this recording. Um, I wonder if we would have done it differently now. Because mm. people, some, some people don't get married. Some people have yep. a, a different type of celebration. They have a very yep. spiritual wedding. Yep. Ours was, I suppose, I wouldn't say traditional, but sort of mainstream, if you like, yep. you know, like, oh, would we have done it the same? Would we have mm. done things differently? What would we do now? And that's, that's also an evolution as well. Interesting, you know, for isn't us, it? At, mm. at the time, you know, we, we, we loved it. Mm. Would we yep. do it differently? Maybe. You know, mm. we had a cheat. We had it. We didn't have a cheesecake. We had a cake of cheese. You know, it was layers of different cheeses <laughs> and stuff. Because we're at a winery, it was in a nice place that we um, that meant something to us. You know. Yeah. But you know. And you're right. Differently moving forward. Based like based on our current, and this is for everyone to think about. Based on your current level of reality, are there situations and experiences in your past that could be celebratory ones, could just be normal everyday ones that, based on this level of awareness, you would do differently? And I think totally. <laughs> I think back, uh, and yeah, and and interesting, like you say, like once you've stepped beyond certain social constraints that you think are what they should be. Like I've always known, like Toby and I were together fourteen years, and uh, we got engaged. But once we started talking about planning the wedding, it was like torture. And the thought of it, I hate, it's weird. No one will believe this. I actually hate being center of attention and this idea. Um, and so we were like, well, if we do it, I'll be there when everyone arrives and like this, that, the other. And anyway, it became too hard. So we decided that a seven month trip would be more fun than a one day wedding. And so yeah. <laughs> once we looked wow. at how much it was going to cost. So we went on a seven month trip um, instead, but everyone was like, well, you can't do that. And I was like, well, we are. <laughs> uh, and I actually had friends say to me um, over the years, one in particular, if you really loved Toby, you would marry him and give him children. <laughs> uh, strangely, she's not a friend anymore. <laughs> but that's like, that's people's level of awareness, right? And, and their lens that wasn't looking through the lens of, well, what were my values and what has been really important to me my whole entire life? And how can they then understand that that was not the path that I was choosing and value and respect that, even if it is different to the lens of the reality that you're at now? or to what you would choose. It doesn't make it wrong. Hmm. I think going back to blame, it's like really interesting. I'm just thinking there, um, you know, is blame an externalization of our own shame and guilt coming to the surface? And it's easy to blame someone else totally. rather than have a look within, you know, the shame and guilt are scary. Hmm. Shame and guilt 
predisposed to certain, you know, mental health conditions or disorders or suicide ideation, suicide, those sorts of things. That's what the research is showing with men, that a lot of the underlying emotional cause for men is shame and guilt. Yeah. And people have talked about it. There's actually some research to show that. Yeah. Um, You know, and not being able to to deal with that ourselves. Mm. You know, it's an internal thing. The the emotion coming up for us is internalised because it means something to us and that, that means something to us because of our past conditioning Mm. and so therefore that reaction then creates a response of a feeling as well and we justify it yep rather than and we don't want to and we're trained not to feel those emotions or not trained to work through them feel them work through them move forward and i like the relationship one it's like the shame of a separation so you try and blame someone else or like right now i would say a lot of the external blame underneath there's rage and so there's if you look at the emotional scale like blame's kind of in the middle with like worry but underneath it there's fear there's disempowerment there's rage there's anger so i think you're totally right i think that in those moments when we notice ourselves trying to externalize our pain or what we're feeling if we actually just go within and sit with okay what's actually underneath this desire to blame and use my words to hurt another or hurt myself in a way, as opposed to just sitting with what is coming up from this experience. Mm. Yeah, and we're not, yeah, we don't sit with it. We don't question it. We haven't really been taught the skills to do it. We just know that it feels bad and that supposedly someone said we shouldn't feel bad. Mm. Yeah. Even for a little bit. (laughs) So weird, isn't it? That like... I, I, I kind of, and I, I get the war connotation of like relating it to that there was so much pain in those moments that they shut down and suppressed. But I'm like, at what point was it marketing geniuses? Like who started to teach us that feeling something was bad or mm. that, um, yeah, and, and put all these definitions on um, what things should look and feel like? Mm. Yeah, or, or, and it's great to question it. Like I'm sure you do this with your clients as well and you question as to why that's there and then <laughs> there's usually a, there's a response but when you bring that response to the surface, something from the past or a, an incident or trauma or something yep. or the rules were made up about something, you actually go, you kind of scratch your head. It's like, really? I think because of that back then that this means that now and I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. No. Like, that's what people say. That's like, yeah, what? And yep. then you've automatically cracked, you know, you've mm-hmm. gone to another level, you've brought something unconscious that was driving it yeah. and you realise that it's not actually really justified or true. You're like, mm. oh, shit, okay, I can move forward now. Totally. And, and sometimes- isn't, that, isn't, isn't that the biggest issue at the moment? It's just bringing everyone, everyone's yep. not feeling good about mm. whatever's happening or being told they shouldn't be feeling good at this time. Yeah. And it's bringing up everyone's blame. Mm-hmm. you know potentially bringing up their shame and guilt and, and just exposing people to their, their biggest fears and if we don't want to feel that or we don't have the tools mm-hmm. or the instruments to work through that we're just going to shift mm-hmm. that to something outside of us yeah and I think in Australia as well maybe there's a level and this is only through my own awareness that it's a little bit more confusing for people because we really believed we were free <laughs> wow. and and this is bringing in this uh, fear of control that we then feel out of control 
So we don't feel free, but we also don't feel safe and secure. So I was working with a young client um, a couple of weeks ago. And some of the things that I, we usually do is if someone's having a emotional outburst, blame, attack or any of this, go inward to talk to that part of themselves to determine what are they protecting you from? Because it's a reaction, right? Mm. And when we got down to it, like, what do you actually need in that moment from that person that loves you as opposed to uh, reacting in that way? And a lot of the time, I think for many women in particular, there's in that moment, they don't feel safe and secure. Mm. And I think that safety one is such an important one because it brings, it could be emotional safety, it could be mental, it could be physical safety. And in that, it means that we, we, we don't stay in our body and then we go into that defensive, protective, attacking type of energy. And I would say right now that a lot of people are in fear, which means that they don't feel safe. Like just even the mechanism of walking around, I thought about it the other day and like, walking around and like, will there be a day where people don't see masks, just as an example. And um, the feeling of uh, unsafe that that may bring up for certain people. I'm lucky I'm not that visual. So having it on annoys me, but it's not like, I don't relate my safety to a mask. Like I know I have an amazing immune system and all of that. But for a lot of people, and especially I imagine young kids, they're looking around the world right now and there's a lot of fear. Mm. Well, the opposite up here, you know, yep. I went into the supermarket the other day, mm. yesterday, the day before, up here yep. in Queensland, and there was a lady, one lady wearing a mask, no one else wearing a mask. And it's like, it was like ah. the same thing. It's like, oh, wow, okay. It's got like, oh, kind of took back and then could understand where she was coming from and just kept going about my day. I was like, oh. It really does, like, yeah, it has a bit I've of contemplated a... moving to Queensland. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, well, okay. Mm. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's super interesting. Okay. Mm. I think I understand where you're coming from there. Cool. Yeah. I choose to do it my way. Totally. Yeah. And I but think yeah, that's totally... part of it as well is that it's not good, it's not bad, we don't know the whole story. And I think if we can be in that place, like that's where you start dissolving this idea with blame, which is we don't know the whole story. Like whenever we're looking at a moment in time, we only know and see a snippet of it. And particularly if it's somebody else's experience where there's a whole internal experience that's going on that we have no idea about. Mm. And this is where that in those moments when maybe we go into blame, um, getting more curious, asking questions of curiosity towards yourself or towards another person, we then start to build a level of understanding of like painting more of a picture of the humanism, I guess, I don't even know if that's a word, of the person that, cool. yeah, of the person that we're like interacting with, as opposed to just imagining that everybody's these robots that should believe or think or value the things that are important to us. Yeah. And that's one of the, the key things I think as well is understanding that about yourself first. Yeah. Because you can't, if you can't go into the depths of the dark mm. stuff within you, you can't do yeah. that for someone else. Yeah. So if you learn to do it for yourself and realize that it's actually not that dark, it's actually quite liberating. Yeah. And then you can start seeing that three, four year old wounded individual mm. who may have been, who may have responsible for 90% of the situation, but that's not going to be beneficial to you moving forward. But if you can see and understand and have empathy for, 
mm. the other person as well. But it also the first step of that is being able to go to the to the depths of your fear as well. Yeah. Be able to acknowledge that in others. But usually you can sit there very quickly. And that was one of the processes I went through this morning with my client. It's okay, you know a little bit about this person, you know, tell me more. Mm. And then by the when you keep just teasing it out, you you can pretty quickly that you can get to the emote you could make up reasons as to why they feel that way very quickly whether mm-hmm. it's actually true or not it's not the point it's the no. feeling that totally as to why they're doing something yeah the, the story is not so important but you get a sense of what's going on for them when when you can sit with that mm. and it's, it's it's super powerful and like if you go back to like the um demartini method the breakthrough experience what he does with that John D. Martini, check it out. Everything's always in balance. It's just our perceptions yeah. that we're looking at it from a different perspective. And that was why we're saying, well, what's the gift? What's the opportunity? Because if we actually look at it um, as balanced or centered, as mm. D. talks about balance, it should be neutral. Yeah. All this stuff is happening, but it's just our perceptions that add in, mm. whether it's good or bad or how it, how it should be. Yeah. So we can make sense of it. But usually totally. it's not, it's a one-sided perspective. And it's the story that we're telling ourselves about it really, isn't it? Now, Mm. I also want to preface, this doesn't take away from the fact that people go through really shitty experiences in our life and there isn't a desire to want to like, especially when I hear things that happen to like young people or like sexual abuse or anything, those types of experiences, like not taking away from the fact that that behaviour is inappropriate in this world. But how long we stay in that part, and I think the world somehow wants those of us that are um, victims of sexual abuse or anything like that to believe that we're a victim in some way, as opposed to, well, how can we like reframe this and actually, to your point, take some um, resolution from it that allows us to drive forward in something that makes a difference in the world and can actually become a part of who we are and bring power and strength of lived experience to maybe a movement someone wants to create or maybe something like that. And if anyone doesn't know, Sammy P's Movement Maker Program, like really starting to look at um, how can you actually take that pain, right, and channel it into something useful. And it could be that you create your own movement in something. It could be that you go and support Grab Life by the Balls because that feels really important to you. But I think that's when we step into empowerment. Like these young kids that I'm working with at the moment with Empowering Teens, one of them we're designing his TED Talk, and he's taking this moment of bullying, of suicide ideation, and he's literally going to change the world, like in terms of young people's lives, because he's sharing it from the lens of this young person. And this was a year ago, right? So he's 16, and look at what level of awareness that's required. But he's like, he's not going to let that pain break him. Mm-hmm. And I think that the longer we stay in blame, the less likely we're able to channel something useful and transformative from that experience. Yeah. I can get angry about it sometimes too. Totally. On that, on that vibrational yeah. scale as well. Yeah. Shifting yep. from, shifting from, mm. and I, you know, mm. we, it's mm. all our own perspectives and our own journeys. Some are shitter than others, if you like, if you want to label them. Mm. But if that victim vibration yep. is quite low on that vibration scale. Yep. If you're getting fucking pissed off about it, you want to do something about it. You want to yep. take some action on it. You want to do something about it. And that usually propels you into something 
mm. much bigger. Like the, the ballsiness of grab life by the balls came from yeah. the fact that I was like, what's the fucking point? Yeah. You know, mm. What's this is all bullshit. Or this is what I signed up for. Yeah. What's, what's Jacko's life look like without a dad? Oh yep. shit. Okay. Mm. That's what's going on for a lot of blokes out there. Let's totally. fucking, let's, let's fucking nail this. Like let's yeah. do something about it. You know? Well, how many movements do you think get created out of like a really beautiful sunny day on the beach? <laughs> uh, probably none. <laughs> it's, that, it's, that, it's seeing something that needs to be changed. That's that's mm. potentially well in your eyes wrong. You know, that's that's what a movement is. You want to make change. Mm. You want to see positive change around mm. something that you don't feel we should put up with or not do something about. You know, yeah. in my case, you know, men's suicide rates yeah in particular and even like seeking to understand something a little bit more hey like when you're going through like an experience like you did you can feel so alone in that moment but when you start opening up and that's as you say channeling that anger or that rage to go i'm going to allow it to become so big in me i do something about it and then you open up to this understanding that oh look how many people are actually going through this yeah yeah, and a lot of my posts and stuff on social media are like pretty could be a bit confrontational for people, but it's just showing it's just going, yep, cool. I felt shame and guilt about this. I felt, you know, I felt like it wasn't enough with this and da 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 da, da and this is what happened, you know. Yeah. Because I talk to guys and guys we're, you know, we're a little bit um, we're learning, we're adapting, we're evolving to be better at talking about these things. But yep. it's a it's a process. But I, I can I can name it and tame it. Mm. these days totally. so what about the guy that can't okay well i can show mm-hmm. him this is what's going on yeah i've had feedback on some of those posts like oh fuck that's exactly how i feel mm. i didn't know that like they they kind of know something doesn't feel quite right yep they can't label it and mm. you know sometimes just showing people like fuck how many conversations i've had about that sort of stuff it's yeah it's unreal yeah but yeah there's got to be you know you've got to get passionate about it how do you get a passion there's usually the value becomes usually comes from a void you know think mm. of all the all the people that are filthy fucking rich that we know about, most of them are, came from a poor upbringing. Yep. And they're like, well, fuck this. I am not going to feel like that again. And they yep. just go mental. Like you can hear it in, I was, an Eminem song was on the other day with, and Ed Sheeran as well. And they're both mm-hmm. sort of talking about where they came from, you know, yep. listening to some of Macklemore songs talk about where he came from. Mm-hmm. They're like, no fucking way I want to be that person anymore. Yeah. I'm going to do something about it. Totally. I, um, there's an amazing podcast, a Joe Rogan one with Jewel that's just come out. A friend shared it with me and it's three hours. So for me to listen, that's amazing, everyone. Uh, and I was listening to it over the weekend when I was doing things and exactly like it reminded me of this idea that people that don't know her story would be like, well, it's easy for Jewel. She's like this amazing singer and poet and everyone loves her because she's full of love and like heart. She was, she left her abusive father at 15. She was homeless at 18, living in her car. Um, at, in her 30s, her mum stole $100 million from her. Like all of these experiences that she's going through. And the one thing, and I know we spoke about this um, a few weeks ago, her commitment the whole entire time from the age of 15 was, to do things that make her happy because she was had suicide ideation she didn't want to be there she was depressed she had panic attacks so she literally taught herself without even knowing it mindfulness activities 
And every stage of her journey was about, will this decision or choice make me happy? And even to the point that she got offered like amazing, massive record deals when she'd just been homeless living in her car and one was for a million dollars of royalties and she turned it down because she didn't want to be stuck in this situation and this idea of she knew that that wouldn't bring her happiness. And when you listen to it in that way and to your point talking about all these other people, all of these moments that life brings us, is a choice to blame and complain about the situation that we're in. And you still give yourself a moment to be in that for sure. But then like, what is the choice that I have right now in terms of my current existence and where I'm going in the future? So are we gonna take the experiences that we're in, the level of awareness, the reality, the mood, and all of that, of that blame energy into our future? Or are we going to, in this moment, make different decisions? Mm. And the blame, like going back to blame and what Jules says, like mm. don't bypass the blame, don't par- bypass the shit stuff. Mm-mm. But is hanging on to blame going to make me feel good? If I choose to feel good and mm. happy and fun, mm. what's the what am I going to do to move forward from this? And it's not yeah. to pretend that I'm happy and fun and no. not feeling the blame, but I think that's a great, that that really, like empowering questions, you know, you automatically RAS is looking for something different rather than yeah. looking back at the, the shit mm. stuff. And she was channeling it into her music and she shared Mm. an experience of like the Me Too movement. And at one point, the reason she ended up homeless was because she was working in a restaurant and the owner told her he'd only pay her if she had sex with him. And she said no. And she said, I sometimes look out at like the Me Too movement. And she's like, she had a choice in that moment to say yes. And she said, yes, was the easy choice. Mm. But she'd gotten so far in her own mental health that she was like, it would go against her heart. And if it went against her heart, she had nothing left. And I think that this is where there's got to be some level of self-awareness for us to be in that because like that's a perfect example of sometimes not the, the, like the choices, the easiest ones are not always in our highest good. They're not always, but it doesn't mean they're going to, like the hardest ones are sometimes the ones that where you are standing up for your values, for what's important to you. And you may, Mm -hmm. What's that book? You may lose friends and influences or something. What's that thing? Lose, isn't there some book? Um, you, you, you may like lose people and situations and opportunities along the way, but you will then not have lost yourself. Mm. Yeah, that's big. Yeah. And mm. then if you do lose yourself, it's still, there's still that opportunity to come Totally. It probably probably attracts a few more shit things to come your way though. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think about, I was talking to a client this week and I was thinking about how many years of my life were just built around trying to put on a persona of who I thought the world thought that I should be to be confident and successful and how uncomfortable and exhausting that was. But it was literally like, okay, if I just do all these things or if I just be this person, then I will be loved and accepted. And the irony of it is is that you feel even less loved and accepted because you're not living in alignment with anything that I valued, which then meant that any love that was coming my way, I didn't feel like I deserved it or it just felt awkward and uncomfortable because I wasn't being me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. And then blaming myself for anything and everything, like anything that went on in anybody else's life was my fault. (laughs) 
Wow. <laughs> I know. Ego much? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's amazing how much we yeah we try and we try and put on that mask. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're young and things go on or you haven't received love in the way that you may be desired or that, that type of thing, you can create a program of blame inwardly that mm. you do start to believe that everything is your fault. And so the way somebody reacts to you, oh, if I hadn't have said that, I wouldn't have upset them. Or if I didn't do that or set that boundary, that wouldn't have happened as opposed to, actually people's reactions and choices based upon um, my words, my actions, my boundaries, their responses are not my responsibility, Mm. but I never knew that, right? Mm. Totally. So anyone listening, this week is an opportunity to just notice where blame comes up. Does it go inward? Does it go outward? And get curious. Mm. Absolutely. Shall we draw a card? Yeah. Well, is that time already? Wow, that went far. That felt kind quick. of. I feel oh. like that was a lot for people to digest on this <laughs> Wednesday morning. Blame's a big one, but I want to bring lightness to it because it can be seen as like you know how we people say it's like heavy. Now it's classed as heavy, obviously, because it is a lower vibration emotion, so it's going to feel heavier. But it doesn't need to be like you can bring that playful curious energy into it and be like oh what am i protecting myself from in this moment like what am i avoiding yeah protecting i think that's a what are you protecting yourself from that's a good one oh so today we have the denise lynn sacred traveler cards Mm. and oh the card we've drawn is miracles expect the wondrous to emerge Now, so a question I guess to pose is from blame thinking and victim mentality, how are we going at expecting miracles? Mm. (laughs) They're kind of two opposing forces in a way, aren't they? Pretty much, yeah. Mm. So if you're in a position where you've been noticing some blame or you're feeling like the situation that life has brought you right now is so challenging and you don't know the way out, literally waking up every day and expecting miracles. And it's funny, uh, an an old client uh, messaged me yesterday. I did a post and on it, it was like, um, like an affirmation of may today bring me miracles. And she replied and said, today brought me a miracle. I did headstand yoga for three seconds. And it was like, oh, that realization and invitation for all of us that a miracle is not like a big, oh my goodness, here's a windfall of money and it's taken me out of this really crappy situation. That is a miracle. But so too is taking a deep breath and seeing a butterfly fly past mm. or someone or having a really crappy day and then intuitively a friend calls you and just says, how are you? Like they're the miracles that life brings us that I think if we're in blame and victim, we can miss. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Card meaning. Just around the bend, a miracle is waiting to happen. Release fear and uncertainty and majestic wonders wait to unfold for you. Watch for them and embrace them. Some come in an unlikely form. Trust that all is unfolding for your highest good. 
expect miracles in your life. The sacred traveler wants you to know what is expected tends to be realized. The more you become aware of the small marvels in your life, the more they grow in magnitude. Celebrate and cherish them when they appear, no matter how small they may seem. What others see as ordinary, the sacred traveler sees as wondrous. Look at your life in a new way. Let go of fear and expectations and allow the creator to solve your challenges in mysterious and wondrous ways. Don't limit the way you think miracles can appear in your life. All is well. So for a completion for today, may we acknowledge the shadow that exists in all of us. These aspects of blame, of complain, of blaming inwards or outwards and start to curiously see them as an opportunity to feel deeply and completely what is actually going on inside and allowing some form of transformation to then be in this place of imagining that miracles can exist and that your actual existence on the earth at this moment in time through this sometimes really shitty experience of transformation and evolution is actually a miracle. Mm. Beautifully said. I just add that um, what is it that you, how is it that you want to live your life? Where is it that you're going yeah. and how would you like to feel? And I think that dual story mm. was perfect. Yeah. So if you want to listen to it, Google, uh, Spotify, obviously listen to ours and then Spotify, Joe Rogan and Jewel. And it's, yeah, I cried and cried and it was just that reminder of our choice in each and every moment to exist in a way that matters to us. He must be able to talk three hours. Like, I feel like we do well doing an hour, like, what, 45 minutes. I'm like, but I, and I feel like I can talk, but then it's like, wow, three hours. I don't know yeah. if I could do that. Um, and you know what? It didn't feel like that. It was literally, no, yeah, with both of them, they're amazing. But um, obviously there was just a, a lyrical poetry through the whole thing that, mm. yeah. Mm. Yeah. Cool. So. Mm. You've been listening to the hashtag press play podcast with Kyla T and Sammy P. Uh, let us know what you think. Let us know what we should be talking about. We'd love to hear from you. We have the Facebook group hashtag press play with Kyla T and Sammy P. Join us there. Let us know what you think. You can uh, watch this obviously live on Facebook when we do it sometime on a Wednesday morning, usually. Um, otherwise you're listening to this on Spotify or something like that. Apple music podcasts, whatever. Uh, if you are, Please subscribe, share, like, comment. Give us a, a five-star review would be amazing. <laughs> um, have an absolutely cracking day. Uh, we look forward to being with you on the next episode. Thanks, mm -hmm. Kyla. Over and out. <laughs>